I'm Dave. I'm Richard. I'm Tom and I'm back. It's good to have you back again, Tom. Today on episode 18 of our podcast, we are going to be talking about the episode Charity Bounce, uh, also known as London to Brighton. I think you've got a couple of other titles there, Tom. Uh, Yeah, it's also known as Space Hoppers and Sponsored Bounce. There you go. First broadcast on the 7th of January 1972. So we're into 72 now, guys. Uh, once again, on a Friday at 10 past 10 p.m. Now, I watched this episode for the podcast. As did I. And <laughs> Now, I'm going to say, and this perhaps could accurately be described as a backhanded compliment, it wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. There is some worthy stuff in here. There's just not 30 minutes of worthy stuff in here. Am I being too generous or too harsh? Again, growing up, it was a fun episode. You know, you, to watch kids on space hoppers, and we had space hoppers back in the seventies. It was fun back then, but it is certainly not an episode that holds up well today. No, I. This is, I, I think, one of my earliest memories of seeing the goodies screened. And I look, as a child, I quite enjoyed it. Watching it back as an adult, and I, I watched it obviously for the podcast, and I've watched it a couple of times in the years. The kindest thing to say is it's probably an experimental episode that doesn't quite work. I think is being nice. What if you weren't being nice? I didn't find it particularly enjoyable at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, I thought I was going to come in and say this was a complete awful episode. It was unfunny. It was flat. There are good bit. There is good in it, like like Darth Vader. There is good inside. Goodies, yeah. I'm struggling to see it, but yes, go on. <laughs> well, let's let's work our way through and because uh... because I, I I'd probably let off by saying I actually think this would be a contender of the worst of the entire series. I mm. I, I think. Ooh, ooh, no, I no, I don't think it's really. Think, no, it's down the bottom of the list, but I think there is worse. I can only think of one or two possible contenders, but... I can think of one or two as well. Yes, okay. Um, yeah, look, look, we'll, we'll get that's into what near the bottom means. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> but look, I guess what we're saying, listeners, is if you're one of these people who likes to think that the goodies were always good and there's no such thing as a bad episode, this might not be the episode for you. Yeah, you might like to turn off now. Um, we'll no, that, that. no, look, we're not going to tear it to pieces. No, we're not. Look, we're, we're going to try and find the good... And we're going to look at what worked and what didn't and do our usual analysis. I thought it opened, actually, with quite a strong funny scene, which was the goodies trying to raise money for charity out on the streets and um, the pensioners hitting them and all that sort of thing. I thought, given that how annoying those tin rattles are these days... Yeah, look, that, 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 that probably is, that has taken on probably a new relevance with, with what they call the charity muggers. Yes, um, I, I think, and and having, I mean, I don't actually know what what charity they were collecting for. It just seemed to be they were selling those little flags. Yes, well, it's not clear. I think it's one meant to be sort of one of those universal charities because they, you know, well, later in the episode it explains, well, who are we going to give all this money mm. to? Uh, the idea was just to raise money. 
so they can give it to a charity. What would it have been? Not oh, I was going. Oh, sorry. I was just about to say, is this like an early version of a Patreon account? Where I get... <laughs> <laughs> sorry. We'll move past that quickly. Kickstarter. Um, um, I, I wonder, not notwithstanding the fact that it would undermine the twist at the end, would the episode have started off in a more strong fashion or been stronger if there'd been a particular charity in mind? I don't or, think so. Or there was an aim to what they were doing rather than just generic raising for charity? No, I don't think so. I think, I think that's completely by the wayside of the jokes that they were trying to get across um, and leading into... I mean, not having that yeah, is the, the means to the end... As you said, not wanting to spoil the punchline at the end. Fair enough. So they bump into Mr. Sparkly Pegs, played by Freddie Jones. We'll talk about him in a moment. They then get to the Sparkly Pegs building. Now, that dressing must have cost them a bit. Because it's actually a really cool design. With the Sparkly yes. Pegs logo mm. over the windows and everything. But that can't have been cheap to do. Uh, ooh, yeah, probably. Much like the Enterprise set of a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, there's... You know, a lot of plywood, I suppose, somewhere in the back of the BBC lot. There is, but considering that they're doing it's all not these a model, different things... Because you never actually see them go into... Um... Oh, maybe you're right. Well, congratulations to the special effects designer, if you're still listening to this. Maybe you they could form... make a church for the demons. You fooled me. <laughs> I, was, I was absolutely taken in by your model, so kudos to the BBC design team. That's very good thing. And so we go in, they meet Mr. Sparkly Pegs, played by Freddie Jones. Now, Freddie Jones... For those who grew up watching the goodies at the time I did, probably best known for the role of Sir George Uproar in Richard Carpenter's series The Ghosts of Motley Hall, which was often shown uh, in a slot beside the goodies, uh, particularly in the 80s. Uh, you know, you might get The Ghosts of Motley Hall at 5.30, The Goodies at 6. So he was quite well known for that, but he had quite an extensive uh, repertoire before and after. Yeah, look, um, afterwards he went into... A lot of it was... Uh you know, singular roles across a variety of series. He was in things like The Return of Sherlock Holmes. Beforehand, he did uh, The Caesars. Yes, uh, The Caesars was one of the, the first BBC uh, big-budget drama productions done in the late 60s. Mm. And he, I think, actually played Claudius, I, I think. That's, that's correct, yes. Uh, which was later, obviously, taken by Derek Jacobi when, when we move into I, Claudius a few years later. Yeah, so he, he's a very successful actor. had a career for a very long time before and since the goodies... On aside from that, I think when you've spoken about this in the earlier episodes, this is one where he certainly relishes the part, uh, a bit over the top. He, he, he's not quite chewing the scenery, but he's certainly munching on it. Well, he's got the teeth for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well Whoa. done, sir. Well done. And he, of course, has his sidekicks, Arthur Minion, who is the early satire of a PR man. Uh, any comments on Arthur Minion or the actor that played him? Um, the actor, of course, being Jonathan Cecil, and he's um, another one who's had a career. Look, I mean, it's, it's a it's a very one note part. I mean, look, I, I thought he was perfectly good for what the episode required of him. I mean, it's not a as I said, it's really only grovelling sidekick. Really, is is all he's required to do? Yes, the, the clues in the name minion really. Isn't yes, it? <laughs> it's, it's not a subtle gag. No, no. <laughs> much less sparkly pigs and Simpkins. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. So, Miss Simpkins. Well, you really almost can't call it a part. She doesn't have any lines. No. Well, she she does sort of make those squeaking noises when he hits her fingers after she's had them chewed by the. And when she's yeah. uh, trying, trying to, type. to type. Yeah, I, I must admit the the Mrs. Simpkins gags was one of the very weak 
parts of the episode, I thought. Yes. That just didn't, didn't, didn't land for me. I guess, given that, particularly with Freddie Jones, well, given he has to, he pretty much carries the episode. Look, I thought he was perfectly reasonable. I mean, look, he fluffs his lines a couple of times. Mm. But I must admit, I, I thought he was... Uh, again, given what the episode required him to do, I mean, I, I sort of got the idea, yes, that he was a penny-pinching, you know, cheapskate. Yeah, and, and this is perhaps where we get to the problem with the episode. The, the, the setup is okay, the characters is okay, the actors playing them are okay. They just don't do anything with them. No. Because they very quickly get into the charity bounce itself. Well, I, I have actually got a stat. There, there is a 14-minute gap from pretty much precisely 12 minutes to 26 minutes in the episode. Um, now, okay, that allows about a minute for the ads. Where the three goodies have absolutely no lines. Yes, technically they're in the Sparkly Pegs costumes, but you can't actually tell that it's them, and I know they themselves admitted that. So that leaves what is basically the entire middle section of the episode to be carried by Freddie Jones and, and, and Minion. Yes, and, and even they don't have a lot of lines. Most of it's no, just... No, the, 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 the film sequences. The film sequences which, which is fine, but I just... For a show that is supposed to be about the goodies, mm. they actually have very little to do. And, and even their stuff where they do have lines and they are is very... Um, there's really no substance to any of it. Yeah, it's really interesting. We've said in a number of episodes now that the highlight, particularly 40-odd years later, is the wit of the goodies, some of the lines, the gags they have. And the three of them playing off each other. The three of them playing off each other and the physical performances that they give whether it's Eon Center in the film sequences. You know, watching Graham, Tim and Bill do those performances... And throw themselves around. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're the highlights of this episode. And there's really none of that there. The lines they get are very perfunctory. They're not really interacting with each other. No. And as you say, most of it's a small, tiny model of them bouncing up and down yeah. on, a, on, a, on a backdrop. Yeah, or something that, that, as they themselves admitted, could have been three stuntmen in those costumes. Mm. mm. So yeah, they get onto the bounce. We'll talk a bit about that shortly, and then they come back and it ends. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of. I mean, well, the, I'm, I'm I'm trying not to be super serious. No, here, well, well you know, there's not a lot of plot there. there. There's not. Look, we have the bit where they go into Mr. Sparkly Pegs tells them to, when they have an idea, come and see him, and he'll see if he likes it. And they go up there and they do the you know the hearts and flowers music about the poor homeless babe mm. and his cruelly deceived mother who have you know no roof and no food or whatever. There's there's some interesting stuff there where he obviously screws them over by, by getting them to sign the blank piece of paper and then adding all the conditions into the contract yes. um, where they have to wear the costumes and then you know they, a minion comes up with plan B where they're on the space hoppers. Which, which were, a, they, they were a big fad at the time. And I remember I had one when I was a kid. So did I. I, I, never, oh, I didn't, sorry. I, I was never You're as good as... a child as, of the 80s, man. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I was never as good as the goodies on them. I mean, and they say, what well, they went on a bouncing holiday through Scotland. Now, that could have actually been a play back to the Loch Ness Monster, but... Yeah, but again, I don't think the goodies is really ever about continuity. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the space hoppers in Loch Ness no. <laughs> Talking about the ending, one of the notes that I've made watching this that I think also detracts from the episode is the goodies actually come across as quite callow and indeed callous in this episode in that towards the end where um, Sparky Peggs is going to go bankrupt, he's about to commit suicide... And they're just sitting there going, well, could you sign my check, please? Yeah, it, we don't care what you do, as long as you give us the money. Yeah, yeah which 
doesn't, I mean, you know, obviously they don't care much about continuity and character, but even so, it seems very odd for what we know about them. It just doesn't sit and ring true at this point. Mm. And, and they, yeah, they just don't seem to be in character no, at all. Don't know. As I said, I found them fairly flat in this. I, they didn't really have a lot to do, even in the scenes they are in. Mm. There's obviously the whole middle section there where they go bouncing and they have, you know, they take off on the space hoppers. There's a, there's a quite good model scene I did have here where the, the two little model ones bounce along and jump over the 20 miles sign. Yeah. And then what's meant to be Minion comes through on his bike and breaks through it. I actually yeah. thought that was quite well done. But I don't know. I mean, look, the, the, the film sequences are, are very obviously all shot on the same beach somewhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think they've just obviously yes. done a day. None, none of the countries look anything like a different country. Australia looked perfect. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> Especially Rolf. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, and, and look, I guess going back to the ending, I mean, we, we've talked in previous episodes about suicide as being the answer. Um, you have Mr. Sparkly Pegs uh, several times, obviously, threatening to jump out the window. Yes. Um, and then clearly when they found out they've bounced around the world for nothing, what do the mm. three goodies immediately do? Yeah. Um, go to end it all. Yeah. Yeah. That's exhausted my notes. Yeah. <laughs> I had some others. The film sequences clearly carry the middle parts of the episode. Well, really. I mean, you yeah. cut back to, to Freddie Jones in the office, but mm. I mean, the, the main thrust of the episode is obviously the, the film gags where they're going through. How, how they went through everywhere and yes. di- different things happening. You know, and Minion on comes in and does his, Le goodies have been sighted of the cost of. <laughs> Yeah, and I do that That's out a very of, good Borat impression there, Richard. Yeah, that out of, I just French accent. <laughs> <laughs> and they go through Germany and you see the two blokes drinking beer steins, bouncing up yes. and down. They obviously come here eventually and, and we see Rolf Harris and we get the stock footage of the kangaroo so we know that we know that we're in Australia. That's right. Just like the Frenchman is wearing a striped shirt oh, with, a, with a string of onions. Onions and the beret, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the Lederhosen and the Beersteins. That, that's the, the thing, and then, and then there's the Italians pressing the wine. But I, I do have to give a shout out. I must admit, the one really funny bit I did find the episode is obviously in the South Africa sequence, where you see the two blokes that go on the zebra crossing. I mean, there's a bit with the with the bloke playing the one in the white keys on the piano. piano. Yeah. Yes, that yes. was that was quite good. As I say, there are some nice moments in here. There are some good little gags. It just doesn't. It there's just not thirty minutes of it in there. No. And that's, that's shown by the fact that there's a 14-minute middle bit. Yes, where, mm. where they basically don't appear at all. Yeah. And, and, and plot such as it is is incredibly simplistic. Yes. I think mm. that's, that's the best we can say, really. Mm. That's about it. So we'll move on to our segments, because I've got a few notes for that part, I must admit. Uh, we'll start off with the ads. Well, there are two. There yeah, are. There's yes. the stuffed olive soap, which I didn't really get, I have to say. It's a parody of an ad at the time that, that there was a Palmolive ad, I think, yes. where the you can't tell the difference between the mother and the daughter because they use Palmolive soap and that keeps their, you know, that right. keeps their skin radiant, so you don't know which one's mum and which one's the daughter. Mm. So, of course, the, the version obviously is, is, yes, it makes you look the same because you look, what is it? It makes you look young and making you look older than you are. Yes. Yeah, I didn't think that one quite landed. No, and I mean, it's a very obvious overdub on Tim. He's just sitting there doing a gummy just opening and closing his mouth. Yeah. And then they've overdubbed him. Yeah. Then there is the second ad. Yes, which dovetails very nicely with our What You Couldn't Get Away With Today segment. This is, of course, the Yellow Pages ad. Which, for 1971, and even, you know, going through the 70s, for what it, it's quite clever, but 
it's uncomfortable. It's it's wrong. It's wrong. Yeah, it's, it's wrong. It, it's. I mean, I I do remember a couple of times I've, I've been at public screenings of the episode. Look, it got a laugh. It does. But look, it's not it's definitely not something you could do now. No, no. absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, you sort of feel a bit sorry, probably, for the four chaps they've got standing there dressed in costume that, that they've, they've sort of filmed them and then they do this joke at the end of it. Yeah. yeah. But it does. It, it, at the time, growing up, when you're 10, when it's the 1970s, you laugh at it. Yeah. Even today, watching it back, you get a laugh at it and you're thinking, oh, that's just so wrong to actually laugh at it. Yes, and, and I could imagine certain, you know, sort of late-night shows actually doing this to show how wrong it is and, and puncturing that. But you wouldn't put this in mainstream TV. Oh, no. Remotely. No, these no, days. You, no. And, and you certainly wouldn't make it in the workplace. Uh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you, you, by the same token, you really can't get away with the uh, South African segment in reality. Oh, I don't know, because that's actually... You certainly there's could... a satire there. There is a satire there. But I, don't, I don't think that was too bad. I mean... You need to know the context of apartheid South Africa yes. to get it, but I don't think it's you know it's wrong or anything. So, but it, it's 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 borderline at best. Yeah. Saying that, I do find it funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few stereotypes in there. I mean, you've got the German chaps with the, with their later hoses oh, and beer stones. It is all stereotypes. Um, the, the Indian fellow sleeping on the bed of nails. Yeah, that was another. And, and, part. The, and with the snake charmer. Yeah, that was another part. The Indian stuff, you just could not do today. No. Uh, in, in the same way that uh, It Ain't Half Hot Mum doesn't get a repeat on mainstream TV these days. Yeah, but Love Thy Neighbour gets a DVD release. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's a, there, yeah. And I think that's kind of shows where the line is. There's a difference between somebody buying it to enjoy it in their own home yeah. and broadcasting, broadcasting it on free to air yes, TV. Yes, we move on to first times and tropes. Yes. Uh, I had a first time. Yes, as so have I. What is it? Well, mine is it's the first episode. There's no scene in the goodies office. Oh, okay. No, I didn't have that. Oh, but, yeah. But no, that's a good pickup. I had it the first time that they play the sad violin music. Uh, it is because is it? it's the first time I've gone to look up what it is. Hearts, well, it's Hearts and Flowers. <laughs> Hearts and Flowers by Alphonse C Z I B U L K A. It's a Hungarian. Um, and for me, it was I think the first time we actually saw Rolf on screen, even though they've mentioned him. That you... Yeah, that would be right, actually, because he comes through, he does the bounce through when they're in the... Yeah, well, yes. at least somebody pretending yes, to be Rolf. Rolf. Yes, we're <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, a few first times, actually, for an episode that perhaps isn't all that substantial. Yes. Time for the favourite gags, gentlemen. South African Crossing. After all that, it, it, it's probably the thing that uh, made me laugh the most. I think it's about the only time. I'd... No, that's not <laughs> true. No, that's not true. No, it'd be the South African Crossing for me as well. Uh, I actually had the Minion inside the kangaroo for mine. Actually, it's funny that got a huge laugh out of the audience it when, when he gets, particularly when he gets shot by the arrow. Yeah, that got a really big laugh. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really good visual gag that I quite enjoyed. And and look, I'll also give points to the design of the building, which I thought was quite clever and quite funny. Yeah, and. Amazingly convincing, apparently. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. Maybe we don't know. No, we don't. Yeah, I don't know that I have much else to say, I don't think. I mean, there is the story, as I said, the goodies realised very quickly they didn't have to be in the Sparkly Pegs costumes. I know it's an episode none of them have fond memories of having made, particularly because of the costumes. 
because they had a wooden plank sitting over their head, so every time they bounced, they cracked them on the... And, and, and it was almost a proper lead weight on top yeah. as well. Yeah, they didn't look comfortable at all. I will note, though, that somebody, whether it's them or stunt people, are riding the tram in the sparkly bed costumes. So well yeah. done to them for that. But if there's nothing else... No, I don't, uh, I don't think I had anything else for it. So that's all we have for Charity Bounce, which, like I say, it had a few more gags than I remembered, but I don't think it managed to fill its runtime remotely effectively. That's okay, we're only in series two. Next week we'll be back, though, with the baddies. And until and Patrick then, Troughton. Yes, absolutely, Patrick Troughton, one of our favourite guest stars, I'm sure. And whilst we're waiting for him, why not take a walk in the Black Forest? You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. Sparkly pegs to Paddy. They say, Les goodies have been sighted off the French coast (laughs) and zut alors, they are still bouncing. (laughs) 